Hello and welcome to episode one of How I Saved Myself From Myself. This episode is titled, Life Can Be Beautiful. My name is Dr. Scott Eilers. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. I am the founder and director of multiple intensive outpatient programs for adults with depression and anxiety. And I am the author of the book for When Everything is Burning. This podcast is not a vessel for me to sell you anything or promote any products. All I wanna do on here is tell you a little bit about my story on a personal level, but from the lens of a clinical psychologist and teach you some of the lessons that I have learned in my 39 years of being alive. My hope is that some of my lessons can also generalize to your life and help you along the journey. Maybe I'm just cynical, but when someone says they can help me or they have ideas for me, my very first question is, who are you? And I don't mean that professionally. I don't mean what are your credentials. I mean, who are you in life? What have you done in this area of your life that makes you think you can help me? If somebody's a financial planner, I don't necessarily want to know about their credentials. I want to know, do they have more money than me? If someone's a trainer, um, I want them to be better shaped than me. I, I'm not as interested in their education as I am in their experience. I think that gets a little tricky when you're talking about mental health because it's hard to quantify a person's mental health. It's hard to prove that you're a mentally healthy person or that you've gone somewhere in your mental health journey. It's hard to get those uh, credentials or that proof that you might need that would show other people or tell other people, hey, I've done this, I am doing this, I know about this, and I have something to offer you. So I know that's a tricky thing to attempt to demonstrate, but I still wanna try because I don't think anyone should listen to me just because I'm a psychologist, just because I'm a mental health professional. There's literally tens of, th I don't actually know how many, tens of thousands, probably. Um, I should look that up. But there are many. There are many psychologists out there. Not all of them are worth listening to. In fact, I, I think many of them are not. And so I wanna let you in a little bit on my journey, my story, a little bit into my personal life, so that you know a little bit more about who I am other than just my degree and my job. And I'm hoping you can use that information to help you decide if I am worth listening to or not. I am definitely not going to try to tell you that I have had the hardest life imaginable or the most traumatic life imaginable. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that's not even remotely true. I am also not going to try to tell you that I am the happiest or most successful person in the world because that is also not even remotely true. What I will say is... I do not know anybody in my personal life, at least, anyone I've actually met and kind of like vetted to some degree, who has as wide a gap between the worst their life has ever been and the best their life has ever been than I feel like I do. And I do think that's important because what it tells you is I know how to climb. I know how to get out of a hole. Whether you are starting lower than my lowest low or higher than my lowest low, I think the lessons that I've learned in my life will still have something to offer you and help you find your next steps. I feel like I must have just been born unhappy. I don't really remember early childhood that much, but when my wife was pregnant with our first child, I asked my parents if I was an easy baby or not, and they just laughed at me. But it wasn't a normal laugh. It was like the kind of laugh that you do when you're kind of traumatized by something, but it's been long enough since the trauma occurred 
that you can laugh about it in that sort of sarcastic type of way. It was definitely that type of laugh. So I get the sense that I've maybe never been super thrilled with the fact that I existed. And to be completely honest with you, that is something I still wrestle with every day. I do mostly enjoy my life now, but it takes a lot for me to feel that way. I don't experience the type of natural innate happiness that a lot of people seem to have. I have to create it every single day of my life by doing things that make me feel that way. If I stop doing those things, I can actually like feel it drain out of me very quickly and it's very scary. My absolute rock bottom was sophomore year of high school. I don't really remember very much about it. If I added up all my memories from that entire year, I probably remember less than a day of it combined. And the little bits that I do remember, they're just sort of these brief flashing images. There's not really a coherent narrative that I could recall to tell you what that period of my life was like. It kind of gives me that feeling of like when you wake up from a nightmare and you know it was really bad and really disturbing and you kind of have a sick feeling in the pit of your stomach but you can't really recall or visualize the details of what exactly it was that was so terrible that made you feel that way. That was pretty much that whole year of my life. So between sophomore and junior year of high school, I initially wanted to drop out and I told my family that. We settled on homeschool. So junior year of high school, I did homeschool. And keep in mind, I'm 39 years old. Homeschool is a, it's a very viable, like legitimate option now. It was much more of a, of a fringe thing back then. It also, I think, was a lot less structured. Um, I didn't really do much of anything junior year, which actually ended up being a good thing, but uh, I'll explain that in a second. Um, junior year was mostly, well, first of all, I was completely nocturnal which was a big surprise to my dad when he tried to take me on a vacation. I don't think he realized, oh, that was an interesting vacation. We were not, uh, not quite on the same schedule, let's say. It was a little tricky. Um, pretty much all I did that year was play video games. I did a little bit of schoolwork. I spent a little time with friends, but not very much. The thing about being miserable is you try to surround yourself with other miserable people. And it feels good when you do that. It feels validating. It's like, there are other people that get it. There are other people that know how I feel and feel kind of the same way, even if it's not exact. Because it's easy to feel lonely when you're unhappy. Because most people seem happy. Whether that's true or not, who knows, right? A whole nother story. Most people at least look happy. If you had seen me back then, you would not question for a second. Like, I was a very visibly broken person. I don't think I was hiding it particularly well from anyone. And so I liked to keep company who also looked and felt that way because it was the only thing that made me feel less alone. But the tricky thing about that is when you are around people like that, it reinforces everything you already think and feel about yourself and about the world. If you feel like you're a nobody and you're never gonna go anywhere and you have no skills and you have no future and everyone around you is like, yeah, I feel that exact same way. That's, you're right, that's the truth. Like, no one, no one lives out their dreams. No one achieves happiness. No one finds love. Then you become all that much more sure that you're correct. And so junior year, 
I was very isolated. And I actually think that that ended up being one of the best things that I ever did. Because it started just a little bit. I had a long road ahead of me yet at that point in my life. But just a little bit, some cracks in those beliefs started to emerge. And I think it's because the only person reinforcing them that year was me. I was still thinking and feeling all the same things, but I wasn't also hearing it from 10 other people. And I do think that made a difference because your brain is, your brain is not a muscle. Your brain is an organ, but in some ways it functions a little bit like a muscle. So if you think in terms of weight training, right? If you do um, curls, like you do bicep curls, right? Every time you lift those weights, that's a rep or a repetition. So every single rep technically tears your muscles down a little bit, but then when you rest and recover and eat, the uh, torn muscle fibers fill in and they become bigger and stronger. And so eventually over time, every repetition of an exercise makes that body part stronger. Your brain functions in essentially the same way. Every cynical tweet that you read, for example, is like a rep for the cynical part of your brain. Every defeated meme that someone on Facebook shares that you read is a rep for the part of your brain that feels defeated. And so all of the material, the media, whether it's friends, family, social media, famous people, everything that you consume, your brain treats it as evidence that that concept, that thing is that much more real. And so when you are surrounded by negativity, the negative parts of your brain become incredibly strong. And it can create sort of an imbalance in your mind where these subjective views of reality become true. Because you've heard them so many times from so many people, maybe people that you respect or relate to or love, that it just feels true. But what I want you to know is those things aren't necessarily true. And I know what it's like to believe that they are. I really, really do. I spent half my life thinking there was no future for me, thinking I was going nowhere, thinking I had nothing to look forward to. And it was because I kept hearing the same messages over and over and over again, not just from me, but from people around me too. So you need to be really, really careful about what you're taking in, about what exercises you're doing in your mind, what parts of your brain are being strengthened by what you do every day. And are they parts of your brain that you want or need to strengthen? Do you need to strengthen the anxious part of your brain? Or is it maybe a little bit too strong already? Is it already overpowering? your rational thinking? Is it already overpowering your emotion regulation? If so, we need to stop training that part of your brain. It's too strong. It's already overpowering everything else. We need to weaken it. We need to starve it. We need to shut it out. So with that in mind, let me give you a repetition of something that probably has not been reinforced enough in your life. No matter who you are and what you have been through, no matter what kind of mental health struggles you have had or continue to have, whether you're an addict, whether you have bipolar disorder, whether you have schizophrenia, whether you have PTSD, you can make a life that is worth living for yourself. I cannot tell you exactly what it can or should look like, but you can do it 
Do not let anyone tell you otherwise. The main reason I am who I am today is because of what I've been through, not in spite of it, because of it. I have only been a licensed clinical psychologist for six years. I have done things in my career that most psychologists never do. And what I've been through, my past, my history, is the reason I am that person. Everything I do in my job and in my home life, I'm also a family man, I'm married, I have kids, I have a house. My empire is built on my pain. It is what I use to do what I do. And you don't have to work in mental health to do that. It can be fuel, it can be a drive, because you know, you know better than most people how bad this can be. You know how much this can hurt. You know what that feels like. And so you have something, I'm not trying to silver lining what you've been through, I promise. But you have something that most people don't have. You have an intimate understanding of how painful life can be. And that can give you such a drive, such a desire to never visit that place again. That it will give you an energy reserve and a fire and a motivation most people out there do not have. You can use it for that. I have, I still do, and there's really nothing all that special about me. If I can do this, so can you. I believe in you. I hope this was helpful. Take care. That's it for episode one. I am a complete newbie at this. I have no idea what I'm doing. My equipment is terrible. So I hope this wasn't a complete disappointment for you. I actually think it went kind of all right, if I'm being honest. But I suspect that things will get much better as I get more practice and also maybe invest a little bit more money into my recording equipment. That being said, I hope I gave you enough today to give you reason to stick around and keep trying this out. I am not going anywhere. I really enjoyed making this for you and I'm gonna keep making content like this for you. So if you got any value from this at all, please feel free to subscribe or let other people know about it. I'm also available to connect on other forms of social media. I have an Instagram, I have a professional Facebook, I have a Twitter, and I have a YouTube account. Feel free to connect with me on any of those forms of communication that you might happen to use, and hopefully I will see you around. Take care.